May all beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. May all beings be free from harm. May all beings love life. May all beings awaken. Welcome to another Cuke Audio Podcast. I'm D.C. Kubov, Cuke Audio and Cuke Archives, doing our bit to preserve the legacy of Shunryu Suzuki and those whose paths cross his and anything else that comes to mind. I pray that you and yours are safe and comfortable, free from economic hardship, and able to get out and do whatever it is you want within the limitations of the universal precept of do as little harm as possible. So uh, today we have a guest, Therese Fitzgerald. Therese practiced at... Uh, the San Francisco Zen Center and Tassar Zen Mountain Center from uh, 1976 through 84. And that, that included two years of what she calls training with author and mentor Nancy Wilson Ross, uh, who Zen Center took care of uh, in uh, Nancy's final decade or so. Uh, she was... Uh, Ordained by Richard Baker at, uh, in Santa Fe as a Zen priest in 1986. Uh, she was with uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, ordained by him as a Dharmacharya in 1994, along with her husband, uh, Arnie Kotler. Uh, she co-founded the Community of Mindful Living, which helped build Thich Nhat Hanh's teaching base in the United States. Uh, and, and also, she was very involved with, uh, well, Ar Arnie started uh, Parallax Press, so Therese was part of Parallax Press while that was happening, and, uh, and you know, publishing Thich Nhat Hanh books. And um, uh, then uh, uh, under the leadership of Maxine Hong Kingston, she uh, helped establish the Veterans Writing Group which continues strong to this day. Uh, she and Arnie moved from the Bay Area to Hawaii oh, a long time ago. Uh, she uh, served for six years as a consultant and director of Alakukui Hana Retreat in Maui. And uh, then uh, up to about uh, 10 years ago, for 20 years, um, she... Uh, gave meditation and training, mindfulness retreats throughout the United States, along with Arnie and uh, uh, Wendy Johnson in their community of mindful living, and Joan Halifax was involved. And she's participated in uh, prison ministry and developed a Dharma mentoring program. Uh, and uh, she's uh, now she's a uh, hospice chaplain in uh, Maui. This is uh, part one. Next week, the, there'll be part two with her. And they were two distinct times when we talked. Anyway, um, she has a lovely voice, I'll say that. And I mentioned here that she and Elin, my uh, prior wife, uh, 
just to sing these rounds that were so beautiful. And Elon and I would get together with uh, Arnie and Therese. Um, anyway, uh, so when you hear the bell, if you're of such a mind, hit pause and meditate or whatever for as long as you want. And when you're ready to come back, hit unpause. And we'll be here to hit the bell to end the meditation and give Therese Fitzgerald a call. Hello. Hello, Therese. How are you? Hello, David. <laughs> well, this is out of area. And yeah, I thought I was far out here, but you're out even farther. Yeah, we're both. Um, well, I'm, I'm sort of on the edge of the Pacific. You're right in the middle of it. Yep. Oh, well, I, you know, I want to say a really thank you for developing this forum it's kind of amazing you know it's one place where uh people who don't have that easy access to really hear uh from each other do have it through you so i mean i've really you know of course i was i was uh, attentive when you interviewed arnie um but since since you invited me, I've listened to many of the podcasts now and really appreciate it. Oh, great. That's good to hear. Uh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, really. It's great. I, I, you know, in some sense, I didn't, you know, that I'm, I'm knowing people. Maybe I've forgotten a lot, but I'm knowing people like I didn't even have occasion to when I lived with them for years, you know, at mm. one practice center or the other at Zen Center. So it's a great forum. You know, I'm sure many people have told you, make a great book, but it'd also be a lot of work. <laughs> uh, oh. Well, uh, yeah, um, I, I think a book of profiles of people, it's something I have in mind. Uh, but we'll see. Um, I think yeah. I have a lot of ideas like that, but uh, 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 and, and I have a lot of help with uh, Cuke Archives, but I think I'd need more help to get more done. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, hmm. So uh, what, what are you up to there? Oh, well, you know, maybe in the broadest sense, I'm up to you know, trying to understand the meaning of and make peace with my life. I mm. think it's appropriate at my age and, uh, you know, with awareness of what I do, um, you know, as a hospice chaplain, it's very much on my mind. Mm. As it has been for a long time. Mm. Yeah. 
but you know it, you get closer to the likelihood of you know non endless possibilities um, you know you you come more face to face with these questions these existential questions mm yeah 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 uh so you're you're being a a hospice chaplain. Yep, yep, for almost nine years now. Hmm. So how's that going? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, fabulously. I really love the work, and it has allowed me access to people of all different backgrounds here, which uh, you know I'm very grateful for. I've I've wanted that um, from. F- you know, always from the beginning of being here on the islands. Mm. It's not easy. It's not easy to have access. Uh, there's so many different kinds of people. And, um, yeah, but as a, as a chaplain, I, I see all those different kinds of people. And I'm in homes and I'm in facilities and so on. Yeah, it's great. Mm. Great work. How many... Yeah. Do you have, when is this done through? I mean, do you have, uh, do you call them clients? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's done through a, it's done, it's done through a hospice uh, company here. There, there are two companies on Maui, and um, I'm working with the one that's been going for maybe 35 years here. And uh, how do you, I, what sort of uh, hospice chaplain are you? How, how do you identify yourself? Well, I mean, like, I, I probably, I mean, I, I'm not a, a specifically Buddhist chaplain. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm an interface chaplain, yeah, including, um, you know, agnostics and atheists, etc. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I, uh, yeah, 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 which is I, another thing I really love. It's, yeah. It's, 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 yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's I, my I identity, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. It's really, I mean, sometimes people don't quite, um, you know, they don't quite fathom it. Uh, but it, a lot of people aren't that familiar unless you've been, you know, in a prison and, and, you know, seen chaplains there or through the military or, you know, sometimes through a hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so chaplain is, uh, is sometimes not even exactly understood. Five people. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, what's there to understand? Well, that. I mean, you say chaplain isn't understood. Uh, I don't have any trouble. uh, I mean, it doesn't seem like that complex. Uh, A chaplain is some. Well. Define what a chaplain is. Uh, you know, a, a chaplain is a person who is versed in enough, you know, different spiritual, you know, ways of spirituality, including, uh, you know, non-religious ones. Yeah. Uh, so that they can be present and, and support people on their very unique paths. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so you know what's what that that I mean I think you know it's not the most common thing in life I've found that people um, 
you know, have a a sense of you know, the breadth of possibilities, you know, along any lines. I mean, political, spiritual, I mean, religious, um, etc. So when you say you're really respectful and open and supportive of every kind of uh, spiritual pathing or um, you know, even to take the word spiritual out, I mean, like homemaking, um, integrating, you know, human, human pathing. Mm-hmm. And that is a word I borrowed from Stephen Batchelor. I don't know. I haven't heard anybody else use that. Maybe it's used in, in Britain a lot, but. Uh, are you word. saying, did you say pathing? Yeah, it, it, right. P-A-T-H-I-N-G. Huh. All right. Yeah, I like that word. Yep. <laughs> kind of active sense. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Pathing would be yeah. uh, the act of making a path? Right, right. And and it, it's in motion. <laughs> right, right. And, and that's what I find. It is kind of amazing. And sometimes... Right into it, to the last moment, the last moment you see something in someone's eyes or um, feel it, you know, in their bodies, um, through their voices, if, if they're still using their voice, etc. You, you can you can feel a, a, a sense, you know, like portals opening. Mm. Mm. Uh, uh yeah, I like the word pathing. I doubt if I'll use it. Um, well, it might come up. We'll see. But uh, I like it because um, mm-hmm. it's uh, that's what uh, the Buddhist path is. It's not something that's there. It's something that's uh, evolving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, um, Claude Dallenberg Ananda in a, a lecture at mm-hmm. Zen Center well, probably in about 72, said um, that the Buddhist path is the hunter's path. Uh, Marga is the hunter's path. Uh, That that it is not a path that's laid out. It's one you keep finding out where it is, where where to go. And it's not each person is different. Yeah, yeah. 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 Hmm. So, um, yeah. Uh, so you're living, where are you living in Hawaii? On the island of Maui. Oh, you live on Maui. I forgot. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, um, so, uh, now how'd you get there? Yeah, really. <laughs> it's, oh dear. Cause, who knew? Even living in California, I don't think many of us thought very much about Hawaii. We knew from Diane Gray, you know, Emmy Azeka. We knew about Hawaii from them. We knew about it from Elvis. But Elvis. You know, lo and behold, oh yeah, you're yeah, right. I, I remember. I remember. Yeah. Uh-huh. But you yeah. know, it was. Um, it was. I think. 1999, um, 
someone who had had just bought a huge uh, property in North Kohala on Hawaii Island came to a retreat with Thich Nhat Hanh, and there was another person who, yes, yeah, so, you know, some people from North Kohala, uh, which is a remote area of Hawaii Island, came to retreats with Thich Nhat Hanh, and that started, you know, a series of discussions and visits uh, to start what we called at the time Kohala Mountain Mindfulness Center. So it was a very interesting project. Mm. That's what moved us, you know, in 1999 from the Bay Area to Hawaii Island. Mm. 99. Ah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh, so, um, well, let's go further back. Um, where, mm-hmm. where were you born? I was born in Charlotte, North Carolina. Ah! Ha, 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 ha. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. uh, yeah, right. Yeah, you got a little south in you there. Uh, even though I there's got north. A lot of south in me. Yeah, even though there's north in yeah. the name. Um, and uh, what? What? Uh, when were you born? 52. Oh. Yep, I'm, really? I'm into my... What is it? Six the dozen. What what'd you say? Sixth dozen of years. Oh, 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 that's funny. <laughs> uh, right. Um Well that's big in the Chinese system, yeah. Uh-huh. Twelve years. Uh-huh. Yeah. So ah, I came and- to Zen Center. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, wait. But what's your what's your uh, like in terms of your way seeking path? Um, when did you uh, first uh, have some inkling that could have, uh, you know, like wondering what it's all about or being dissatisfied or something? Where did it start? Uh-huh. Yeah, I think. Um when I left, you know, Catholic um, high school, I mean, I went to Catholic grade school and high school. Mm-hmm. You know, I was sure, like most young girls, I was sure I was going to be a Catholic nun. Oh, no, really? Touch with my, oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I was, you know, I stayed in touch with my first grade nun and into my 20s. Oh. And, you know, I, yeah, I mean, really... Strong. I, I enjoyed my Catholic upbringing. I know that's a little rare, yeah. know, sadly, but yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. It, it was a great community for me. Um, it was creative. Uh, I enjoyed it, and mm. uh, yet, you know, um, then, then I, I, I got. I mean, I knew that I was going to a high school that, you know, the building was condemned. I mean, it was a defunct building, and actually the education was, too. And a friend of mine ended up going over to a a public high school, and she just raved about it. She said, oh, you've got to switch. And so that became really interesting to me. My my parents uh, were absolutely horrified until they... Um, you know, 
uh, didn't have to pay those bills for the Catholic school, and they saw I really was getting a better education, much better. Oh, that's interesting, because so, a lot of times, usually you go to private schools to get a better education. Right. No, no. I'm telling you, I sadly, I mean, I was taught uh, Latin and health by a very senile nun, and we were always trying to get her confused and get her off the track of Latin and on to health and then off health and on to Latin. I mean, we, we it, it, I was becoming so creative in how to um, clown around in class. It was really something. My energy had to go somewhere, right? Ah. So it was bizarre. Oh, yeah, it was it really sad. Um, I mean, sad in that it was sad for 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 those teachers, um, but and and you know it was a waste of our time in terms of education. So I went over there, and oh boy, um, you know I was in an English class, uh, and this teacher gave me a D. She said, "Come on, come on, you can think." You know, she she started to. So she she helped helped me learn how to think more critically and reflect and and come up with my own thoughts. And um, at that, so you know, I was really I started to really question things. And I, I you know, you probably know um, that that uh, Ned Spencer and Ernest Machen. And I went to that same school together. No, I didn't know that. I had no idea of that. (laughs) Three of us from that one high school in Charlotte, North Carolina, ended up at Zen Center. And, you know, we were, yeah, we were close friends and we were really, um, you know, I mean, deep friends in that we were exploring, you know, real existential questions and uh, they they were the ones who started reading about Buddhism before I did um, mm. they they were they were reading Zen Mind Beginner's Mind um, both of them went to Zen Center before I did yeah and so I think it was um, seeing the influence of uh, their practice on them that that moved me to uh, decide to go myself during a time when I was really thrust into, you know, catapulted into real um, existential questioning time. This is when my, my mother was dying. You know, I was only age 22 and I had younger siblings, three younger siblings, so you know that was very, um, a very, you know, a very intense time of questioning, wondering what is this life about? Uh, that you know, such a dear, precious person is going through this terrible suffering, and a life cut so terribly short. I mean, I'm I'm almost 20 years older than she was when she died. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, it was interesting. I mean, I carried in my backpack to Zen Center, you know, when I traveled across the country from North Carolina, I carried in my backpack uh, The Myth of Freedom, you know, by Chogyam Trungpa. And I had seen him in 72 in Boston where I was working. You know, so he, he actually his voice, his authorial, you know, his written word, reached me more easily than than my beginner's mind. It, it's taken me a long time to um, really resonate and feel one with um, Suzuki Roshi's words in that book. It, it was very bewildering for me for a long time. Mm. But Julian Trungpa, he, he really spoke to me, the myth of freedom, cutting through spiritual materialism, yeah, those two books. I remember sitting in, you know, these these shower uh, shower stalls in campgrounds where you put in money to turn on a heater, and I would be sitting in there reading the, uh, those books that I carried in my backpack. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I was I was twenty four when I walked up the steps of Zen Center. Hmm. With a backpack. <laughs> so 24, you're born in 52, to be 76. 76, mm-hmm. Yep, it was summer. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, what yeah, happened? Yeah. How was it? What was it like when you walked into Zen Center? Oh, well... First of all, imagine this first time, the first time I crossed the Continental Divide, and I really thought I was, I was, you know, hitting moonscape. I mean, it, it didn't look like, like anything I'd ever lived near. You know, I was very much um, northeast, southeast uh, gal. I mean, that's what I knew, and so going west was really foreign, and <laughs> I think. This is funny. I arrived at San Francisco, and, and honestly, as I was walking up those steps, a friend of mine from um, eastern Canada had figured out, you know, how in the world, this is way before cell phones, and figured out that I was going to be there. So we ended up traipsing around. Oh, we, we took a bus over and, and camped in, in Tilden Park, and there I was in the dark, um, you know, rolling around on eucalyptus nuts. And I said, where am I? And we actually wandered the streets. This, this friend uh, of mine. Berkeley. You're talking about there. Berkeley there. Yeah, yeah, I was in Berkeley. And, and you know, hanging out on street corners, person was really into, um, you know, um, begging on the streets, all that. I remember going into the hate um, area and boy, by the time I said sayonara to my dear friend, <laughs> I was so glad to go up those stairs of Zen Center and this time go in the door and be greeted by that beautiful entryway. You know, looking out on the courtyard garden with the view of the Buddha Hall to the right, the Tatami Buddha Hall. You know, it was it was exactly. My uh, needed. I needed the the calm, the beauty, the order. I really needed that. 
Mm. Yeah, so I took to it like a fish to water. Mm. Who'd you meet when you came in? Well, I don't, you know, all I I remember I was, if I stayed with um, Melanie, Melanie, God, am I forgetting her name? Haller. Melanie. Uh, Melanie, ooh, before she was Haller. God, (laughs) I can't remember. Yeah, anyway, we, yes, Melanie, Melanie, yeah. I, I stayed with her for a night or two, and then I think I I shared a room with Laura Burgess hmm. for a brief time. Yeah, and and then I, you know you, we only had a little time at that at that point. You could only stay in Zen Center for a short time, and it was great. I well, wait a I minute. What you mean yeah? is what you mean is you could only live in the building. For a short time, right? When you first yeah, came, when you first came, exactly. Uh, yeah, as a yeah, guest it, student, you know. Right, right, and so yeah. pretty soon thereafter, I, I was really lucky to um, rent a room. You know what? It, 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 Jack Law, uh, Jack, Jack Weller, Jack Weller had an apartment. I could use his kitchen a little bit. Um, I must have used the bathroom, but I had just a little room off that uh, to myself. So that was great, and to get to know Jack. And then I moved over to 191 Hate. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, which was great. Yeah, yeah, I really loved living in that household. Really mm. loved it. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people lived there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was just so great to, you know, be with a group of people uh, focused on, uh, you know, sitting ourselves down in that Zendo and being involved with Sin Center, um, you know, and, and, you know, when we were not, I mean, you, you know, I was not able to be a resident there until, again, you know, have time before you could become a resident. And it was just such a great group of people. I remember especially Miriam, Miriam Bobkoff. Mm. Um, so when I got to know her. Uh, yeah, Chris Fort, uh, her name was Engelhardt, Chris Engelhardt right. Fortin. Right. Yeah, and uh, Frank, um, Frank. Kilmer? Farrell. Oh, Frank Farrell. No, Frank, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Frank, Frank and Farrell. and of course always uh, Tom Kabarga. Mm-hmm. Oh, and and oh gosh, Tony, um, uh, Darlene, Darlene, Darlene's husband, Tony Patchell. Husband, yeah, Tony Patchell, right? You know, so a great group of people. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what'd you do? <laughs> Oh boy, I you know, uh, just like trying to find housing, I, I had to find work, mm-hmm. and I really fumbled around with that. Good God, you know, uh, finding a job as can you imagine? I am, I am delivering flowers to people at Christmas time. You know, Christmas Eve out on streets like 
Lombard. I mean, we in a big van carrying flowers. I mean, that was so bizarre. I survived it. You know, um, I remember doing something really bizarre, like it was called Portable Picnic. I, I, you know, I was painting some building, painting some room in a building that Zen Center owned. And I remember seeing a, um, a, a sign, you know, called Portable Picnic. And so I did. And, of course, I was scared to death the day I was supposed to meet this guy in a gold Volkswagen, you know, at the train station. <laughs> what is this? Or maybe it was the bus depot downtown oh god um you know and so i did that i i i walked around downtown with this basket full of you know picnic uh, lunches for the working people there i mean just bizarre um hmm. and then ended up you know doing a job like i remember with with bob Britton is his name right yeah i i helped him so, so, so-called build that wall of the house where Baker Roshi and his family lived. Um, you know, things like that. You, you mean the wall in front uh, to the sidewalk? Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. uh, that was a um, a, a very lightly <laughs> built wall. The, the 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 at least the first one. Uh, the the it, it was on the theory uh, to make a wall you couldn't climb, uh, that it was too right. it was too flimsy to climb. <laughs> well, it was made yeah, out of material that was very light, very thin boards. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, it was. You know, I was working hard. I remember. I can't remember who the work leader was. It was. I don't know if it was. Uh, Bruce Fortin or someone else's name, I can't remember. I remember them saying to me, though, uh, you know, did you not, you know, kind of clean up uh, from yesterday? And I remember saying, oh, well, you know, what the heck, Uh, I'm just going to get dirty again. And and then, you know, they quoted me Dogen, which I can't remember, but I remember the sense of it. Yeah, (laughs) well, they could have said cleanliness Uh is next to godliness. Oh, yeah, you know, and then I got settled into a job at the at the Tassar Bread Bakery. Remember when it first opened, and it yeah. was just a few of us in yeah. the front there. Emmy Ozeka was one of them. Oh, Emmy Ozeka, who, yeah, and uh, the the head of the front oh, was a woman's name I forget, but she eventually, I think, mar- married Emmy's first husband maybe i'm wrong god get these things kind of confused after a while but um it, again it was it was interesting to you know work in an environment with people you're also sitting in the zendo with you know making meals and cleaning up and everything else at back in the center mm. so you know practice related workplaces and mm. I really loved the the whole, you know, bakery crew, Jim Phelan and and Peter Overton and and Ken Sawyer. Ken actually Ken was a little bit later. Karen Karen Yording, yeah, I learned a lot from her. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah it was, 
Did, yep. did you get down to Tassajara? Yeah, I, I was, you know, at, at Zen Center for about a year and a half, and then in, you know, the fall of 77, I went to Tassajara and stayed for four practice periods in one summer. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, I really loved that. Do you remember anything about it, years. anything in particular? Well, I mean, I just deep, that, that's how I, I came to love the the land of California. I mean, and, and I would always go out, you know, on hikes on, on four and nine days, mm. the, the days we, we were off the usual schedule. And, uh, you know, I, it was a wonderful group of people there with me, including uh, Philip Whalen, who I would come upon sitting in that very cool stream, you know, with a board across the stream with all his books on it, sitting there with his, his wonderful, it was it a Chinese hat, a woven hat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's such a character, such a... a a delightful, uh, strong force, really. Uh, David Schneider was with me, um, you know, a good part of the time. Just wonderful people. Miriam, I loved uh, being with Miriam. I roomed with her, you know, and and she always, she had to be near the, the stream. So, you know, we had houses by the stream and we walked it a lot and walked the hills mm. yeah I mean there was one time I went out now in his name I think it was David blonde tall very lean um, we went out for a long hike he got very sick and I just had to kind of wait for him to recover so that he could finally get up and walk back with me Mm. And and we were walking back, you know, as the sun was going down. And I remember a a rattler hearing a rattler on the road. Somehow we were on, yeah, we were on the road part of the way. And I just ran as fast as I could. So it was. I I remember a lot of uh, you know encounters in, in, with nature. I remember hearing. You know, chanting in the stream, mm. endless chanting. Yeah, mm. Mm. that's neat. I worked in the kitchen. I worked in the kitchen a lot, and I was I was on general labor longer than most people. I don't know how I deserve that, but I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. I was one of of. Uh, the laborettes, um, let me think, married Lucy Calhoun. Uh, hmm. Come on. Uh, Who, Clay? Name? Are you going to make Clay? Yeah, Clay Calhoun. Clay Calhoun. Yeah, I was one of the laborettes with Clay. We were all women on his team. Oh. And that was my, yeah. Oh, God. He was great. I've never forgotten. Every time I use a shovel... And clean and dry my shovel. I think clay. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So. But you know, and I, I, yeah, I remember the the Shusos, and each of them was, you know, uh, very individual. 
and I learned a lot from each, especially Catherine Thanos and uh, Linda Ruth Cutts. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I really, really appreciated their guidance and example. Mm. Huh. Yeah. So, uh, well, where did it go from there? Uh, well, you know, you, you might say I, I uh, cut my time short. I mean, I was there, you know, only two years. But uh, I was called away and and then even farther away. I mean, I ended up uh, going to, uh, you know, I was one of what were called Zen Kids, you know, with Nancy Wilson Ross, I lived with her for a year. So, and then uh, lived with her you, another year. Yeah, you were with Nancy Wilson Ross for two years. Yeah, I lived with her one year, and then I, I went back. Um, I think it was eighty-three or or four. I lived with her another year. Wow, what yeah, was so that like? Yeah. But, <laughs> it was intense. It was very, very intense, especially the first year, because uh, boy, all that was very new, and um, and I was, I was so fully engaged. I mean, I would go from eight in the morning until nine at night with little breaks. But the first year, Nancy was quite energetic still, you know. Um, yeah, and, you know, a lot of irons in the fire, and I was doing everything. I was her cook, house cleaner, uh, valet, secretary, confidant, um, that's how it was. You know, you, you were, yeah, chauffeur, imagine me, a Carolina girl learning how to drive this grand dame in, um, you know, into Manhattan and then back out to Long Island. It was really, really, really kept me on my toes. Well, what do you but think wow, about you know, what do yeah. you think about Zen Center having a program uh, that Richard Baker set up to send people to the uh-huh. East Coast to take care of Nancy Wilson Ross, who was a, a writer on Buddhism. She she wrote yeah. some popular uh, books. Uh, sort of introducing yeah. Buddhism to the West in her own way, and and um, yeah. of course she was very tied into East Coast uh, high society, uh, uh, and uh, a lot of very wealthy people. Uh, but there's so many uh, people from the Zen Center uh, who went and uh, stayed with her there. Some. It sounds like you enjoyed it. Uh, yes, and, yes, I did. I did. I mean, and I, I, I heard else real well, and I heard his podcast about, and, and you, had, you know, you talked with him a lot about Nancy, and of course, it's written up in, in shoes outside the door, um, you know, because uh, it is an interesting. Uh, and a very interesting kind of cross pollination. I mean, we were we were learning from her, but she was also learning from us. Uh, and and we had contact with so many um, interesting, dynamic, 
characters, individuals, and learning from them. I mean, I, I became really fond of of some of the people I met through her. I mean, deeply fond. And, of course, I was very, very fond of Nancy. She was like a cultural mother for me. Mm. And um, and she was, you know, like all our mentors, we learn how not to be, too. And I did. I learned how not to be from her <laughs> in certain ways. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean... Uh, <laughs> like, tell and, me, and, you know... Tell me, come on. Give me some specifics. How not to be, well... Um, oh, you could do how to be and how not to be. Yeah, how to be. Well, Nancy really, sh- I mean, I had, I have always had this in me, but I learned from Nancy how to take an interest in people the way Nancy, you know, t- took an interest in people. And that was wonderful and rich for me. Really, really, uh, important and and I did feel taken you know um, I mean she did take a deep interest in me um, sometimes she she uh, her and this is how I learned you know not to be is the way she um, you know she had certain uh, prejudices toward this and against that and uh, do you have uh, any uh, specifics there? Mm. Um, <clears throat> well, okay, but for, this is, you know, how to be and how not to be. She used to say something like, she used to say, God, you Zen kids, you Zen, you Zen people, you, you just never read. You always ha- have to be outdoors and, and going full tilt, outdoors, and <laughs> that kind of thing. Well, she she would go swimming every morning, you know, in the Adirondack a Lake uh, that she lived on with us. You know, I mean, where, where I lived with her, you know, during during summer months. And she would go out there. I, that was beautiful to see a woman in her eighties, um, you know, going in this cold water and swimming. She had she had you know, uh, so it was interesting. She she did that, but then um, then she would. You know, when, say, if she, I don't know, she got impatient or she just, you know, wanted to see some change or whatever, I mean, she would, she would say things like that. But then actually, she was also great at inspiring uh, others. You know, I, I did, you know, I felt very strongly inspired by her to read a lot of all kinds of things I'd never been exposed to before. Mm, like what? So, you know, I like Jungian psychology, like, um, oh, you know, um, certain periods, you know, in French culture um, that were, you know, very dynamic, et cetera. She, and and she, she would say, read this and hand it to me. She had a house full of magnificent, you know, her library was fantastic. And, and so she was very good at encouraging that. So you see, it... it she actually lived, sometimes she lived more um, in a more well-rounded way than she would speak at times. She mm. would, uh, you know, and, and she was, 
I, I she she uh, was interesting. I think she just sometimes did not have. You know, she lost she lost patience, or she she just would uh, she would go off and and um, very intense. I mean, I, I can tell you this for sure. One day she was so upset. I can't remember what it was. She was so upset with me, and I remember. I remember very specifically. We were in this threshold between the kitchen and her beautiful living room. You know, magnificent art, very kind. And she was shaking me, and I thought, "This is how I do not want to be." <laughs> she was shaking me with some big opinion um, that I didn't really respect. Uh, but you know, she was doing that. What what did you not respect? I her opinion that was causing her to shake me like she could shake something out of me, whatever it was. See, I can't even remember um, uh-huh. what she uh, was was trying to shake uh, shake me about. Um, well, but you know, I I I mean, we all learn these things, don't we, from teachers, parents, mentors, sometimes even friends. Um, we're, we're learning, and um, even if someone has something very important for us to learn, even, and at, at this, I, as I recall, it wasn't something, like I say, that I respected, um, still, you know, skillful means. You've got to find a way to, for that person to learn it from you. And that was not a way to teach me, and it wasn't something I wanted to learn, which I can't remember. That's kind of funny. Because <laughs> mm. that's very strong. It was the only time she shook me like that. Mm. 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 Yep. Now, uh, sometimes there'd be more than one person with her. Were you the only one there? Oh, when yeah. you? Well, but you always had, you know, we always had kind of transmission from the the person, from the, you know, the the previous assistant. So I was trained by Lynn Hesselbart, and then I trained, boy, was it Anne Overton, and mm. and also, you know, because I was there, I was there a number of times. Also, uh, oh gosh, yeah, I really love Bob Dylan. I think he has died. Oh, Robert Lytle. Yes, thank you. Robert he, Lytle and He did wife. not like being there. No, no, he, he did not. No. no. No, it did not work at all. It was really uh, painful to observe. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I think those are the, you know, except for visits by people, I think those... I think those were the only people. Uh, uh, there was a brief time I was thinking of this. Lee Klinger, yeah. her, you know, she came because she was she. Uh, her family's on Long Island, and there was a time when she was, I think, during my second year with Nancy, she would come and spend time. And it was interesting. She came, and I was hoping, and Nancy had, you know, decreed that she she was going to help with this big kind of paper filing uh, project. Nancy kept clippings on everything she might possibly write about, you know, clippings from 
the Times and everything. And all, that was all filed away in, in a basement room. And so I thought, great, Lee's going to come and, and help do some of that. But Lee spent all the time with Nancy, of course, and that, that's, that's what Nancy needed. Hmm. She needed a lot of time with, with people. Hmm. Um, you know, she had a lot to share. I mean, I, I actually recorded her uh, sitting around the fires, the different fireplaces and living rooms we would live in together, because um, she lived in, you know, a couple of um, residences. And I, I, t- I made a lot of recordings of her. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. I did. You know, talking about the Bauhaus during... Uh, well, what did you do with Germany. them? I have them, and I haven't done anything with them. Well, why don't you digitize them? Yet. Uh, what did you say? Why don't I digitize them? Yeah. Yeah, yep. Yeah, because it'd be interesting to... It'd be interesting to listen to them now and to read what she was saying. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you could digitize them, uh, there'll be a, a studio there that'll do it for you. Uh, be easy to do. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and then, um, uh, you know, I'd put them on cuke.com. Uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, I'd have to, <laughs> uh-huh. Well, thanks for the reminder and the the interest. Um, I I know they're precious. I know that. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, also, you know what I'm doing now. I just started uh, uh, this year is uh, transcribing the interviews with uh, artificial intelligence, uh, I, and uh, uh, I'm not. Um, I only have put one of them online and it's not even, uh, it's not really good enough yet. Uh, but, uh, the artificial intelligence will be doing a better and better job. Uh, so, um, uh, but I, I transcribe them because I can go through them that way, uh, more easily. Hang on a second. Yeah. Oh, okay. Katrink is going to do some yoga in the adjoining room. Uh, so she closed nice. the door here. Um, uh, anyway, mm-hmm. uh, something like that you shouldn't put off. Uh-huh, right. Yep. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened after Nancy? Well, you know, the implosion of, of uh, San Francisco Zen Center, and that was, part, that was part of why I went to be with her, because it was so upsetting to her. It was so devastating for her. Um, but, and it, she actually came down with an illness, endocarditis, what is that? Um, inflammation of the heart valve, or something? You know, some some heart condition. Uh-huh. And and I really thought she was going to die. I mean, she was. I well, was what upset her? What upset her? Oh, the implosion of 1983. Well, what was that? With Baker Roshi. Yeah. Well, it was it was uh, God, the, the coming to the head 
of of you know uh, the, the sense of betrayal and um, uh, disharmony between you know the sangha and and Baker Roshi and and all the changes that uh, proceeded from that and and Nancy felt that on uh, uh, she felt it you know in a very deep personal way well she felt so, it before people at Zen Center did she she warned him yeah yeah did you know about that yeah but tell me tell me how you know about it and what you know oh I can't remember <laughs> I just, I just know that that you know she knew. Th- oh yeah. You know, um, she's uh, a woman of the world, and and yeah, she was a woman of the world, and she knew him, and she heard from so many different people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So right, she knew. So and she was, you know, very much up in age. What she only lived uh, for less than three years after that. Um, yeah, so, you know, that's when I, you know, went to be with her, and that was, you know, I think I came back in 84, or maybe it was 85, yeah, it was 85, and I, um, I remember it was, I mean, Arnie came from New Jersey, met me at Nancy's with the car he bought, you know, um, and we we drove across country. And Who's Arnie? That, Arnie, Arnie Kotler is oh, my oh, husband. Oh, wait and, a minute. Um, wait a minute. When did that yeah. happen? <laughs> well, we, we uncoupled in 82, and we were, we were uh, part of the, the last Dochirio with Baker Oshie. In the city center, uh huh. Um, you know, so, oh, so you had a boyfriend, uh huh. Right, yeah, and you know, he. Oh, when did that start? The, uh, like I say, eighty-two. Oh, eighty-two. And, okay. Uh, we on on when we were on the Docho Rio together. I was I was a bigger. What's the Docho Rio? Well, what does that literally mean? It's uh, it's the Abbott's team, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we were the last and in the city center. And that that was, you know, up close and and uh intense. And um yeah, I I frankly um never would have imagined Arnie and me getting together. But we did and um, like I say, he he um, picked me up from Nancy's, and a dear Dharma friend of mine, you know, who I knew through my you know beginning involvement with Thich Nhat Hanh and his sangha, actually was the last person who I brought in to take care of Nancy. Who's um, that? Yeah, uh, her name is Carol Milconian. Ah. She was at, uh, you know, I, like I say, I, I knew her. She was she was involved with Thich Nhat Hanh early on, um, 
yeah, and Arnie Arnie had met her dur- during you know retreats with Tignotom before I did. She happened to be in Florida, where uh, you know Nancy and I were, and I saw her and I, I proposed you know that she come and, and help take care of Nancy, and she did. She was the one. She was the last one I trained. Hmm. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now I want to ask something. What, what? 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 What yeah. was the first? What year was the first time you went to be with Nancy? Oh gosh, it was when I remember uh, Diane and, and Gordon, uh, Jordan, married, and they mar- and and there was a party at uh, Greens, and then I went. To be with Nancy, so I think that was eighty. 80 uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then the next time was eighty three, eighty four, eighty three. I, I, you know, I think it was eighty eighty four. Mm hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Eighty four. So the first time well, you went there, Richard Baker was yeah. still Abbott. And the second oh, yeah. time mm-hmm. you went there was after yeah. uh, uh, he had left. Uh, yes. Well, mm-hmm. now you said you you were mm-hmm. part of of his um, entourage, or not entourage? You were part of his staff. Yeah, you were part of his staff. Right. Uh, right. And uh, uh, how many people were on his staff? You said Docho Rio. There's Darlene. Yeah, Darlene and Miriam and Arnie were the office staff, and I was the Anjo in the city center. You and all were all specifically his staff? Yeah, right. He had three office staff. Just for him, he, not for uh, Zen Center? Well, I mean, it was through Zen Center. I was. You know, I know it was through Zen Center. Yeah. But uh, it wasn't like they weren't working in the office for Zen Center stuff. They were just. No, I think. I mean, I. I think as I as I recall, it it was Arnie, but um, I, I think he he was doing the work of what ended up being you know three people staff rather than just one. It was increased. Uh, I think I've got that right. Um, increased, and yeah, he had three office staff in the uh, city center, and me as Anja. Huh. And then he, I think he also. I, I remember the Anja at, at. There was a different Anja at Tassajara, of course, and I think at Green Gulch. Yeah, the Anja was like uh, Tassajara would be the cabin cleaner, making tea for him, and and stuff like right. that. Uh, so yep. you're Anja in the city. You had things you did in his apartment. Yeah, and you know I was very involved with Elizabeth, which I really enjoyed. Who's and Elizabeth? With, uh, Renee and his his second daughter. Uh huh. And Renee, and who's Renee? Yeah. Yeah, Renee and. Uh, his wife, uh, Virginia. Renee, uh, you know, close friend of um, Baker Roshi and Virginia. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, I, I did household things. I, I took care of, <laughs> I'll never forget, I, I, I was trained by Miriam. She had been the Anja before. It, it, she was so funny. When we lay out his voluminous robes, you know, on, on a king-size bed, and she would teach me how to fold them very carefully, you know, the Japanese style, of course. And they were massive. And I, I have used those methods on so many things, along with my father's teachings about how to fold up a huge tent. Um, oh, but, neat. You know, it's great. Oh, yeah. Neat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is. You know, these practical things. And so, you know, I was involved with, I mean, the Anja, with the ceremonial things. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. All right. So yeah. uh, now, mm-hmm. wait, I want to. So in 82, you were uh-huh. on the Docho Rio. Uh, so what about 83? Yeah. Well, let's see. I stayed on the Docho Rio for a little time, at, you know, after. Um, after. Uh, Baker Roshi was no longer the abbot. He was but, still in the But city. that was 83. Oh, yeah. That was 83, right. And then I was Shika in the city center. I was the guest mistress. And, you know, that was the time when we were, um, we, we had that beautiful uh, building on page. Remember, I, I don't know what it is now. The Hodge House. Uh, but it was, it was a call, it's the Hodge House. It was next to that park, yeah. and we were, you know, we were um, we were creating a guest house. I mean, you know, not just a guest house for Zen Center visitors, but uh, an inn. Um, you know, uh, yeah, that was different. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that very much. Yeah, well, that continued. Did Zen Center eventually sell that? I can't remember. You know, I know for there was a, a time when oh. what, it was going to be a hospice. It was the hospice. It was uh, a hospice. Wasn't it? The, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it, yeah. It it went from the Zen Center guest house to being uh, the hospice. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, they might have. So, you know, they, they got into divesting so much after uh, he left. Yeah. Uh, he was expansive right. and they were contractive. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so I was, yeah, I, I went from being Anja to uh, being Sheikah. Yeah. Guest. Uh, guest mistress. I don't know what the English is for Sheikah, guest manager, something like that. Well, well, what do you remember about, uh, I mean, is there anything specific about that time uh, when, uh, uh, you know, there was sort of an uprising uh, against his his, uh, method of, uh, uh, you know, his uh, method of being abbot? (laughs) Uh, Right. Well, David... Yeah, I mean that's putting it real mildly. Uh, I I think the the hardest hardest 
thing for me was how polarized it all became and in fact how it was for me um before the the crease or the collapse or the explosion implosion i as I, you know think of it many ways like that but in that you see i was getting to know him and in part through nancy and all the contact with the the other zen kids um coming to visit i know that's that's i mean that is a kind of uh i mean zen kids was just a, a playful way we referred to ourselves and she referred to us but anyway um the, you know i was i was getting to know um Behuroshi and getting to know his uh great imperfections uh, you know like anybody you get to know but um there were there were uh, very questionable aspects of his behavior that I would bring up with people and during you know I mean before um uh before people develop very negative um attitudes toward him um it was hard to get anybody to to acknowledge oh yeah that's hard to reconcile or yeah that's hard to live with like what were, like what oh you know like the the huge discrepancy between how he lived and how we hard working uh, fellow human beings were living. Uh-huh. I mean that that was that was hard. Uh-huh. Um, it was too extreme. <laughs> yeah, it, it was too extreme. Yeah, and, it, was. Um, it was. You know, he... it was also there were things that were were too extreme about um, you know uh, what he said and and what he did, and, and you know so. That that too, and and I saw these things, and I would talk with him about it. I would talk with. Uh, oh, really? Good for you. Uh, t- tell me about talking yes, with I him did. about it. Well, I did talk with him. I, I, you know, and and there were times when I was in meetings, and he would say something about someone, and I'd stand up for that person, given my experience with that person, and then you know, as his on I'm, I'm, you know, following him up the stairs, and he's saying, "Why did you da da da." And you know, so the, the, I did. I did try to speak with him, and and you know, I mean that that I I'm actually glad that I had that time. I think it it helped m- me not be um, so polarized at all about him. I mean, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I was. And of course, I I got a, a front row seat, uh, you know, uh, 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 of his suffering during that time. I saw him uh, broken, and you know, I, I people knew that. That's not a secret. I, I remember breaking down, just sobbing, sobbing uh, at a meeting. I remember Mayumi was sitting next to me. Uh, it was, I think, a meeting at Green Gulch, um, but. Sobbing, you know, that this man had devastated so many people. Yes. And this man is really hurting. 
so, you know, but that it's never easy to to sort all that out. Mhm. Well, it's never easy to sort all that. Well, out. um was Arnie devastated? Oh god, yeah. I mean, Arnie Arnie was devastated in his own way, sure. And given the the kind of, you know, intimacy we had with him. And, you know, I always referred to him as Baker Roshi. I didn't know him as Dick, and I never called him Richard. Um, so, you know, I mean, for me, Baker Roshi or Roshi, that also means, you know, the man I knew, the very imperfect man I knew. Mm-hmm. Um Anyway, you know, um, we 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 saw we saw both sides mm-hmm. so upfront mm-hmm. to be with him during his his total uh, you know collapse. Um, well, uh, now Arnie and uh, I I remember you know Arnie stayed with him. Right, Arnie and I, and I, Arnie and I, yeah, yes, we did. We moved yeah. over to um, uh, uh, the, the center. Oh, shoot. Over in Petrero Hill, when he got that place. Yeah, yeah, we went out. Yep, I remember, I remember, you know, my, my great comfort was kind of sweeping or maybe it was raking, um, you know, in the mornings with with the roaring traffic, you know, um, of the highway there. Gosh. Um, but, you know, I mean, that was another great piece of real estate, though, wasn't it? Uh, we both moved there. And, um, yeah, Isan Dorsey was there. Um, I broke yeah, into and, that and building. We broke, what do you mean, David? Yeah, um... <laughs> I I was a temporary director of Green Gulch for half a year because uh, mm-hmm. Green Gulch sort of fell apart, and I I had um, you know uh, I I was living there. Uh, Liz had kicked me out of Bolinas, <laughs> and uh, uh, which she thought would be temporary. It was the second time. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that's when uh, Elon and I got together when I was there. Uh-huh. But um, there was an Avidisian painting, a big one, at uh, Green Gulch. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah. I said, you know, Edward Avidisian did not like Zen Center. He was a friend of, of Richard Baker. And uh-huh. uh, uh, well, we should give this to Richard and and it's, well, you know people went all right so uh, I I put I, I I had it put into me and someone else went over there uh, put it in a, you know a big truck that like a, a shopping truck with a, you know with a, the back you know you pull down and I drove it over there and there was nobody there there oh was nobody God. there. I hadn't told him I was coming. I assumed Dsan would be there. Oh my God! So I remember looking at it, and the door was locked and everything. And I said, "You can break in 
whoever I was with, I said, you can break into almost any building. Uh, <laughs> and I climbed <laughs> up on the second, I got to the uh, second floor window and opened it oh. and went in and opened the door from below. <laughs> and the person I was with and I found a nice place and put the painting oh. there. And it was giant. It was, and then I went back to Green Gulch and nobody oh. ever said anything. I was waiting nobody, for a response, oh. you know, I was waiting for something, oh. but nobody ever said anything. And then I saw, I saw Isan. I said, uh, uh, I don't know. I probably just called him Tommy. I said, Hey, Tommy. Uh, did you notice uh, that there was a large Edward Avedism oh. pen? He said, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I was trying to get some oh. some thanks or credit or something. Was, oh, yeah. Uh. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, I didn't know about that. I was probably, yeah. probably, probably already gone. I didn't stay there long. Um, I didn't stay... Um, and and that didn't that wasn't open long, um, you know. So, yeah. What happened to it? What happened to it? How come it? Well, I just you know so I remember Paul Rosenblum and no was it John Nelson? Yeah, mm -hmm. um, John. I remember John um, really you know trying to kind of keep it together and a lot of you know need for funding and so on and and. Um, you know, just didn't continue. I mean, Ar Arnie was actually living there while I was with Nancy. So, you know, he was, he was involved longer as a resident. Um, mm. but, you know, I do remember when I was there, when I was residing there, I remember, uh, there was a day, you know, a day long, um, Fishing, and I remember I, I had my um, back to you know the stairs where Baker Roshi would enter from, and you know I was facing the wall, and there was one person next to me, and I can't remember his name, long-haired um, man, um, and we were the only two people there in this big sitting room, you know, and and Baker Roshi went back up the stairs. So it was, you know, it was that kind of time. Hmm. Well, so, uh, so, uh, so what happened to you and Arnie? Where, what happened next? Yeah, so, yeah, so, you know, then we came back to California and I went to UC came Berkeley. Came back to California. So oh, he oh, he, he picked you up at Nancy's. Yeah, from, right. From, all right, all right. Yeah. You're right. Okay. <laughs> oh, and and we lived in in Berkeley. So we started living in Berkeley. Ah, um, and and yeah, Elon yeah. and I would come visit you. Yeah, isn't that amazing? And we visited you in in Japan. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Then, yeah, I, I remember the New Year's party. <laughs> Wild. You, you yes. mean the New Year's party at the temple next door, so Genji? Right, yes. Oh, far out. <laughs> far out. <laughs> huh. 
Yeah. You know what I remember about you and Elon is you all would sing rounds together, and it was really beautiful. I I still... Oh, God. So glad to hear that. Yeah. Oh, God, you all were good. Oh. You know, it was beautiful. <laughs> well, she she was a magnificent choir master, you know. Yeah. She really was. She was a great teacher. That and, and I need to tell her, I have used those songs, hymns, too, so much with people as a chaplain. Uh, oh. It's just the best. Oh, oh well, yeah. tell her, yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, that was really, really beautiful. Uh, I, you know, because, uh, yes, I love to chant, but also to sing and to sing hymns. Um, you know, she taught me Latin hymns. <laughs> oh, oh, well, Elon. And so yeah. you and Arnie were over there in Berkeley. And, That's uh, right. 1985, and, he started Parallax Press, you know, on his credit cards. Ah. Uh, in, in 1985. Yep. And and uh, I was going to school. What were you doing in school? I was studying English literature, of course, after being with Nancy. <laughs> oh. She had really turned me on to English literature, and I'm I'm so glad I studied. I really. Do um, of course I love French literature, Russian literature, German literature, um, but I wasn't going to study those languages. I mean, I did study French at, in uh, at Berkeley too, but um, I'm really glad I I just delved into English literature. It was great. I was there for f- four years. Uh, you know, you know, I went to college for five and a half years. <laughs> oh my God! Oh, you 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 came to Zen yeah. Center uh, without going to college first, right? I had gone, you know, for a year and a half to uh, University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and I I loved it there too. Although, I mean, I love studying, but I I really felt very alienated from the. Um, you know, community of people, and mm. I really wanted to leave, and I did, even though I, I loved my studies, um, I, uh, Russian literature in particular, and French, learning French, um, but I just, I was so alienated. You know, it's such a big um, fraternity, sorority school, big sports, all that, um, you know, I had to be in a women's dorm with a den mother uh, for the first year and so on. It was just really um, not where I could flourish. And, mm. I mean, it was a dark period to leave the known. And my father said it. How do you go from the, you know, beautiful things opened up? For me, I, I ended up going to work uh, with disturbed children, children referred by, by the courts in Boston uh, to live in a residential center, a Catholic residential center. And Where? then I moved to Boston, which was oh, fabulous. Yeah. Was, yeah. Well, oh, my God. That was before yeah. I went to Zen Center. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so you and Arnie were in that, Berkeley. That, that was a uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
you, you yes. and Ar- Arnie are in yes. Berkeley. He's, you know, and he's, he's, he's com- yeah. And but were, were you? You know, he he got very involved with Tick Nut On. Did you get involved with Tick Nut On? Well, remember, remember when Thich Nhat Hanh came to to uh, Tassajara? For, well, he actually came to Zen Center too. Um, sure, he came to know, Green fact, Gulch. I, I greeted him. Yeah, I... right. Exactly. Yep. That whole walking meditation video was made uh, during the time he, you know, that practice uh, session at Green Gulch. Mm. Um, that's a, an interesting record of his visit there because it's everybody who attended is there. You know, as he's giving his very, you know, uh, signature practice, walking meditation instructions with Reb and and, and all the residents at uh, Green Gulch at the time. That mm. was 83. And then, you know, gave the practice session at uh, Tassajara. So, I mean, I actually greeted him. It was so interesting. I greeted Thich Nhat Hanh when he came to Bekaroshi's house. They came together, and he came in. He didn't take his big, heavy clogs off, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh. And I was there while Bekaroshi was was showing him this and that, paintings or whatever, in the downstairs area. And I remember Thich Nhat Hanh just walking very deliberately and very uh, meditatively. And he would mm, 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 didn't really engage in conversation. And then, you know, I was, up, I was up on the second floor at some point, and they were saying goodbye. Um, and uh, Thich Nhat Hanh said to me, aren't you coming? And, of course, Begaroshi said, oh, no, no, she has things to do here. Um, and and Arnie was assigned as part of the Docherio, you know, Arnie was assigned to attend to Tignot Han. And so, you know, I it was hard to I think I heard John talk about this too. It was hard to get in uh to the conference at uh Tassahara. But when I told uh, Roshi, I, I'll 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 do the baking. I'll do the bread baking at night. You know, um, I was allowed to go. <laughs> I, would, I would be kneading the bread at night and attending the conference during the day. Nothing like youth, right, David? <laughs> <laughs> you could do that and swim in that great pool. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I really, I, I, that's where I really learned how to swim relaxedly, was in the Tassajara pool. Great pool, you're right. Yeah. Oh, man, I loved it. It wasn't so great when I went back there, though. Um, I think I went in 2006, and it was so full of, I can't remember what it was. It was. Oh, well, it, it just hadn't been cleaned. But it gets algae if it's not clean. because a lot because of algae, the, yeah. Well, they just, you know, uh-huh. that's that was a temporary thing. That somebody went, hey, there's too much algae, and they clean it up, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't uh, remember ever having algae in the pool. but Oh, yeah, um, because, I, uh, because to... that, that means they're running hot water into it. If you run hot water into oh. it, you got to clean it a lot more because the hot water uh, oh. has, has uh, blue-green algae. Um 
Yeah. I didn't know that. Maybe it was yeah. never warmed up when I was there, but I learned how to let my breath out. I used to just hold my breath and then come up and have to exhale and inhale at the same time. It was, I, mean, I really swam a lot at Tassajara. I swam a lot. I swam during my afternoon breaks. I swam at night before I went to bed. Oh, that's great. I that pool. Yeah. That's great. I really love that pool. Yeah. yeah uh, I think I'd do that bed. now. I'm, I'm, I'm much more into <laughs> swimming than I've ever been. Uh, so yeah. now you and Ar- Arnie uh, continued with Thich Nhat Hanh. How, uh, how yeah, long did that right. go on? Well, see, we, yeah, and I went to Plum Village with Arnie in 84. I remember I took some time off from Nancy. Somebody else probably came and, and, and was with her in the Adirondacks. Well, uh, Arnie and I went to Europe, and um, we went to Plum Village. We stayed there for a good number of days. And I enjoyed him. I enjoyed Thich Nhat Hanh, you know, at Tassajara very much. Um, I appreciated his teachings, his presence, and I I really uh, enjoyed and felt connected in a different way by going to Plum Village, you know, because it was connecting with the Vietnamese people and um, understanding, you know, that boy they had forged their their uh, practice through two wars. You know, war with, uh, war with the French, war with the Americans. And that, that really moved me. Wait, wait, yeah, wait. So, they had a war with yeah. the Chinese after that. Right. There's that, too. That was a I, serious I war. Felt, yeah. Those were, yeah, yeah. they had yeah. nothing but war from, like, World War, you know, there was World War Two, uh, and then the French came in and... Right. Uh, yep. told mm-hmm. the Japanese to keep their guns to stop the, the Vietnamese mm-hmm. from getting their independence. Oh. Um, oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, wow. Yes. Yeah. So that, they, that was, you know, that 84. And then, and that's when, and then Arnie, you know, Arnie met with people. I wasn't with him when he went to, you know, and Carol Melconian was. Uh, when when Thich Nhat Hanh met with a few people and 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 popped the question, you know, what do you think about starting a press? And and uh, Arnie really took off with that idea. And um, you know, that was '85, and he started working on the book that became Being Peace. Yeah, but so, he had you know, published a he, number yeah. of books, as I recall. Uh, a number of books had been published by Paralaf Press before Being Peace. No. No? No. Uh-uh. Paralaf. I mean, there, you know, there were books published by other publishers, by Thich Nhat, I mean, Thich Nhat Hanh, published by other publishers, like The Miracle of Mindfulness and Numbers. Oh, oh, I didn't. All right. I'm, I'm misinformed. Yeah. Uh, and, well, the yeah. first book of Thich Nhat Hanh's I was aware of was Lotus in a Sea of Fire. Right, right. Which and, Dr. You know, Winner, yeah. do you remember Dr. Winner? Uh, yes, very well. Tassahara's uh, yeah. free doctor for mm-hmm. doctor. a long time. Uh, 
uh, Dr. Winter, Bill had a, uh, a shelf of those books and uh, he gave them out free to people. And that was in the sixties, as I recall. Exactly. Uh, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, Thich Nhat Hanh came to Tassajara our first year in 1967 with, uh, Jim Forrest, uh, uh, who was head of the really? Fellowship of Reconciliation, and he was not a. Uh, That's right. He was not famous then, uh, and he was sort of in hiding no, not a little at all. bit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. So, uh, so, how did it go with Tick Not Hot? How many years were you involved with them, and how did that go? Yeah, from you know eighty four. To 99 and you know um, I mean it was, it was pretty intense right I mean right you know at the beginning for Arnie those years I was you know getting my degree at, at Cal and um, in 88 when I um, emerged from you know, the, I mean, I, I went, I, I, yeah, when I emerged, then I began uh, to be very involved uh, full-time. I mean, before that, you know, I mean, there is that, um, there is that ordination, um, you know, with, with uh, um, Baker Roshi in 86 with Miriam. And it was, it was interesting. I was, I was integrating both. Both uh, practices I was learning with Thich Nhat Hanh and what I had been learning with um, Baker Roshi and Zen Center, Tassajara. So, you know, um, wasn't sure which way I was going to go. And you know, when I I ordained with Baker Roshi uh, and, and Miriam was ordained at the same time, um, you know, that was '86 and. Um, things were up in the air all around. I mean, uh, up in the air in my life, but also in his. And uh, who's his? Which him? Uh, uh, Richard Baker Roshi. Yeah. 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 yeah Baker Roshi. He. He. You know. So. Um, I remember coming back from ordination, and you know, I had a shaved head. I was going to. I was riding my bike, you know, to get to classes. And, um, you know, it was the 80s. Uh, Berkeley was not the campus of the 60s. And people really gave me a hard time having a shaved head. Uh, you know, uh, it was, it was a, a kind of lonely time. I was paying off what I had to put out, you know, to buy those uh, lacquer bowls. And so on. I mean, it, those, you know, it was not uh, gifted to me. Um, I, I had, to, I was, I was getting loans for everything I needed to do at that time. It was hard, um, you know, coming out of the stipend only um, situation at, at Zen Center and and having to pay my way uh, through college too. My father said, "No, you dropped out. That's that's the end of it." <laughs> so I, it was. I'm, I'm working two jobs. I I worked for Professor Cahill, 
which was wonderful, you know, uh, learning all about Chinese art. And um, I started working uh, for Buddhist Peace Fellowship. Oh, so you know that oh. was that was an interesting. Yeah, I I was hmm. I was director at, at Buddhist Peace Fellowship for a couple of years, and, and it oh, was is that wild. right? I mean, the first, oh. yeah, it was the you know the first tour that Thich Nhat Hanh did in the United States as a Buddhist teacher uh, was through the Buddhist Peace Fellowship, and that was you know and Arnie uh, was was also working through the Buddhist Peace Fellowship. Uh, he he you know was uh, doing the newsletter. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, you know, we were we were really, in a sense, hustling uh, to to express our bodhicitta and to, you know, put food on the table. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And so, how did so you were ordained by uh, Baker Roji, and then yeah, you you were still. But you were studying with Thich Nhat Hanh too at that time, is that right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I remember him being very um, appreciative, you know, of my ordination. Who? Now Thich wait a Roshi. minute. We're talking about two men. You've got to Thich say Nhat, who the hell is. Uh, yeah, Thich Nhat Hanh was. Thich Nhat Hanh was very appreciative. You know, he had, he had, he. I mean, he was very fond of Baker Roshi, and he saw uh, Roshi's. Uh, suffering. He saw his weakness. He saw his vulnerability. Uh, and he he tried to be an elder brother in the Dharma with him. Yeah. Um, he tried to get me, you know, uh, when he came to Green yeah. Gulch, he, he told me I was, I, I, I could get, uh, Richard Baker back there. He said, uh, wow. "Yeah, he, he he wanted me to focus on 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 getting uh, Baker back to Zen Center." And uh, David, I never knew that. That's yeah. Uh, um, I told him, "I think oh. I'll just smile instead." <laughs> because smile. that was the, he was talking about before he'd been talking about. You know, when you have a problem, you know, just deal with it by smiling. <laughs> I I don't think he appreciated that. Uh, <laughs> I do. I really do. <laughs> I just thought, I mean, man, this guy had no idea. This guy had no idea <laughs> how impossible that would really? be right now. Uh, yeah. Uh, and yeah. then uh, uh-huh. he so. He said he wasn't uh, going to come anymore uh, to, to uh-huh. Zen Center. It was just, uh, he thought, you know, um, I don't know. He, he said he wouldn't come back anymore. To, I mean, he might have been back. He did tell you that. Huh? He did tell you that, that he wouldn't come back, that he wasn't He didn't tell me. Again. He told uh, uh, the staff we were meeting with him. Uh, oh, Really? Yeah, that that he 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 didn't feel that with, without Dick there, he didn't feel that uh, it, it was working anymore or something. I don't know. I don't know exactly why. I can't remember. But um, uh-huh. you know, That's interesting. I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know there, there there was that. I mean, yeah, 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, boy. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So, um, so did you have? So you all continued with Ticknot on in some way. I mean, Arnie was trying to find a center for him and stuff. What was so? Oh, we not, were. We were. We were so full on. It was so full on. What I described about being Nancy's assistant was like, you know, one twentieth of our days with Tignot Han. We were, in fact, I've I've been kind of recording some of the letters, especially during a, a particular time. I was um, at Plum Village, and I was writing Arnie a lot. I wrote letters back. He wasn't there with me. I was there for a month or something, and I have a lot of letters from that time. And boy, when I, <laughs> I mean, it's it almost I feel exhausted when I I finish one of these letters. You know, talking about, well, how about this and check on that and let's make sure this and we can do that and so and so asked this and it was just so incredibly, uh, demanding. Yeah, I mean, you know, 85. So we started organizing, uh, you know, American tours every other year with Thich Nhat Hanh that grew bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, we went from, you know, really small gatherings in 85 and then 87, you know, up to 100. And then it got into a couple of hundred. And, you know, by 99, (laughs) there were 2,500 people at a day of mindfulness at Spirit Rock. There were a 1,000-plus at a five-day retreat at Omega Institute, and so on. And then I was also really involved with helping develop the Plum Village uh, like summer session, which is, I mean, it's like Tassajara guest season, except the guests are completely involved as uh, students, you know. Mm. Um, it, 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 that's how... Uh, and 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 people from all over the world, including a lot of Vietnamese people from all over the world, and the and the cultures were celebrated. We had festivals of different sorts to celebrate the cultures of the people who were attending the practice period. Mm-hmm. You know, of a month, month long. Usually, there were was only a, a week at a time. But so you know, and and also developing tours. In Europe, uh, developing, you know, uh, um, I mean, we, you know, Arnie and I from like 88 until 99, we traveled eight months of the year. I mean, it wasn't eight months steady and we were coming back and deal. We'd come back from these tours having traveled. I mean, sometimes I had a stack of manuscripts, you know, that were like five feet high. That's when you could travel like that on the airlines and internationally. Sometimes that leaning tower of pizza would fall over um, as we're running, you know, to catch a whatever. What, was, wait, wait a minute. What sort of manuscripts? Oh, you know, for example, when we when we traveled in, in 95, we traveled all through Asia. We spent weeks in Taiwan, China. Japan and Korea, 
And during that time, Arnie was working on Living Buddha, Living Christ. And we had manuscripts stacked up. He was probably working on a couple of books. He would work well, on those Well, books a couple of we were, books don't stack yeah. five feet high. Well, manuscripts, manuscripts, papers, um, computer. Uh, I mean, honestly, I know I, I had see. things that were... I, yeah, we had papers, books, um, yeah, computer. We had all that stuff. We were a traveling office. It ah. was so intense. Yeah, it was so intense. And, I mean, wonderfully fruitful a lot of the time. Mm. Very exciting. I mean, we were involved with Thich Nhat Hanh when he was so creative, interested in developing practice for families, you know, with children, uh, you know, um, artists, environmentalists, veterans, um, you know, it was, it was really rich. Mm-hmm. So how did it evolve? Uh, Yeah, and we were also looking for, you know, a home, a practice home, which was very difficult. I mean, we looked all, we looked a lot in California. We looked in Virginia. Um, Now, you're talking about a home for Thich Nhat Hanh, like a practice center. Yeah, yeah, we were, we worked, uh, and, and I remember dear John Nelson, he helped us look for places out in Virginia. Um. Yeah, we looked at the Rudolf Nureyev place, just, you know, not 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 a far drive from the D.C. airport, for, for, you know, et cetera. We were really involved with that, uh, you know, and me and and just cranking out the books you know, with Parallax Press and, and books by other authors, too. You know, and, and you know, this great uh, project that went on to have a life of its own, you know, having been started by Thich Nhat Hanh. That was the, you know, veterans uh, gatherings, and, and it became, you know, a veterans writing group, thanks to Maxine Hong Kingston's mm. leadership, mm. Which, which, you know, started with Thich Nhat Hanh gathering uh, the, the veterans in... in in um, we were at Casa de Maria, you know, in, in uh, Santa Barbara, and uh, then we went, and also at Omega, we would have gatherings, you know, on both coasts every time he came, and and Maxine joined us, and Dina, and Dina Metzger too, you know, these two writers, but Maxine really, um, really committed herself, and and that group is still meeting every season. The mm. Veterans Writing Group, yeah, and mm. and Arnie published one of their books, you know, when he started the second press. Coa, Coa, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he published Veterans of War, Veterans of Peace, and that those are writings by people who attended that, who have attended that uh, Veterans Writing Group, and the, mm. the book was, you know, very much edited by Maxine. Mm, yeah, yeah, there's a there's a she tells the story of this in her book, the fifth book, book of peace, Maxine. Yeah, really, you know, I mean, so the fruition ha- has been rich. Yeah, and you know that continued on. I mean, what it, it, it was 
from 84 to 99, so a good 15 years. Did she live in the Berk- in the Oakland Hills? Yeah, and, and that fifth book of peace, the first, the first manuscript went up in flames. I remember that. That's why I asked it. it. So yeah. she did rewrite yeah. it. Yes. She did rewrite oh, it. Oh, yeah. She you had do. no copy. That's right. God. Pardon me? Yeah. I know. Yeah. No kidding. Well. Wow. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Oh. I make, I have copies <laughs> everywhere. Uh, I, I use two clouds. Actually, even more than that, and hard drives. And, um, I'm just totally terrified I'm not doing enough. All right. So anyway, you're doing all that. Then then how did that evolve? Yeah. Oh, well, roughly. Uh, let me just say that. It, it evolved very roughly and, I mean, devastating, absolutely devastating. Come on, come on. You have to say what? Well, I mean, a, a just a total rupture on on all levels. What in, in ninety nine? That doesn't describe anything. I don't want to hear what happened. For all I know, a bomb dropped. You know, you, you gotta <laughs> well, give some details. Yeah, figurative, figuratively speaking, it did. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, well, let's hear what happened. You know, and this. Yeah. Um, you know, I do want to be a little politic here because it's it's also just so uh, it it makes me so vulnerable to uh, speak uh, the truth to speak my truth. I mean, you know, uh, what what unfolded and what was reported publicly, um, you know, does not really coincide with my experience. And, you know, Arnie has written about this in uh, The Inquiring Mind. And, and actually, the article is online. He very bravely wrote about this on a deep level. I mean, wrote about what it was for him, which was huge. I mean, you know, in other words, I had my own experience, yes. But also, I was experiencing what he experienced with having started this press by himself, like I say, putting so many of the expenses for years on his own personal credit cards, you know, and then making the decision, you know, to stop with the sole proprietorship. I think that's the legal term, you know, and, and you know, in 1990, we we created the the um, Buddhist church organization, the Community of Mindful Living, and eventually moved Parallax Press into that. And, uh, you know, uh, for years, you know, there, there were signs of what was to come. There were signs, you know, we suddenly learn of you know, this switch, uh, this book was going over there, or these rights were going over there. Because, you know, Arnie and Thich Nhat Hanh didn't have much in writing. It was all, you know, uh, what what Arnie thought were, you know, um, understandings by word or by look, even. But... 
things were were eroding relations you know understandings that uh, were eroding and there were some pretty unhappy unfoldings there in the last couple of years you know leading up to um you know what i experienced as a rather <laughs> coercive what was coercive with what what happened coercive um there was there was there was there there you know Thich Nhat on um with with lawyers wanted to change the whole structure and of uh, of what of parallax press of community of mindful living of community uh-huh. of living which included parallax press and there was no, there was there was no real discussion and so you know uh for me i remember when i had to sign the papers i remember uh it occurring to me to to write my name as duress rather than Therese. So that that tells you. And I think that's, you know, as much as I want to say about it right now. All right. All right. Yep. So, all right. Yeah, so, so there's, there's yeah. uh, Thich Nhat Hanh taking parallax away from you all, uh, uh, which is what happened, as I understand it, uh, that, you know, uh, he called Arnie in and just said, you know, Sign. It was sort of like the Godfather, you know. Uh, either, either your signature or your brains will be on this piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and right? right. And I, I see. Then I saw Arnie. Then, I mean, uh, you know, agonized with all this, and then for days he just sweated in this room at a certain hamlet at Plum Village. And I, I, st- I was in there with him as much as I could stand. At some point, you know, dear Wendy Johnson, who was a, a, a board member of Community of Mindful Living with us and, and, you know, has been a dear friend and colleague. I mean, I was so lucky and happy to teach with her for years um, in Arkansas and um, New Mexico, various places. I've loved uh, giving dharma retreats with her anyway she was there with me and at one point i said oh wendy let's go into the countryside and we did so it was it was it was so grim it was so grim yeah i i had a little involvement with it because uh yeah this is 1999 you're talking about right right i was doing book signings and so I did one mm-hmm. up in, hmm. where was that, that center? Some guy started for Thich Nhat Hanh up in New Hampshire or? Oh, uh, Vermont. Hang uh, on uh, one we, second. We one stopped, second. One second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, your mind's here. Uh, all right. We'll try to wrap this up in a little while. Our driver okay. uh, has arrived, but mm-hmm. anyway, they're very mm-hmm. good at waiting here. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but, um, all right. Uh, uh, you were in Woodstock, near Woodstock, Vermont. Uh, I was in uh, maybe I was in Brattleboro, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, so I, I did a book signing, uh, and um, 
I talked to some people there, uh, and I mentioned something about a problem Arnie was having with Thich Nhat Hanh, and they immediately told the guy that was the head, I can't remember what, of the thing there, the, the, I guess Woodstock. And then, uh, he told that there's, uh, a, 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 a Vietnamese woman was sort of like Thich Nhat Hanh's business manager or something. Yeah, yeah, Sister Chung Kong. Yeah, so he, mm-hmm. he called up and told her, and uh, then she went and told Thich Nhat Hanh, I remember, because I, I heard about it, I heard, she said, man who writes a Suzuki book says Arnie says blah, blah, blah. So I got Arnie in a little trouble there. <laughs> Maybe it's all my yeah, fault. Yeah, right. It's, <laughs> well, I mean, that, you know, obviously, if somebody's going to talk like, see, that's the thing. You know, I mean, and this, this, I mean, it, 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 it's happening all around us. I mean, people stop communicating and and start I mean, this is why I'm, I'm so careful. It's because I mean, I'm making life. And pieces and the you know causes and conditions that gave rise to this or that, and so you know going forward, I mean I can tell you it was really hard. I was I was called the devil. Uh, I had incredibly good company. I won't mention who was lumped together in, in that um, in that, but I knew if, if they're going to lump me with that person, come on, ooh, ooh, ooh. as the devil. Um, no, no, no. You know, I'll let that person uh, reveal that. But it, it, you know, and so if I'm if I'm called the devil, and in fact, you know, I was also. Um, I mean, there were obstacles put in my pathing, um, and and it's very hard when uh, you know the authorities uh, do that. Very hard for people to. Uh, stand their ground. Yeah. Um, so you know, I I I suffered a lot of uh, misunderstanding and um, lack of compassion. Yeah. From yeah. People. Um, and yet, I'm glad to say, you know, I I have persisted. I have continued. I I I integrate both. You know what I learned at Zen Center. And what I learned with Tignot Han, I integrate both in the retreats I give, the Dharma mentoring I do, the hospice chaplaincy. So I'm grateful for all that, and I'm I'm yeah. of course especially grateful to um, friends who have 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 really. Uh, Managed, I would say, because it's not easy for a human being to manage a kind of true equanimity of being with, you know, people who, who, I mean, just like we're talking about with, um, you know, the, the parting of ways, you know, with, uh, between Baker Roshi and, and the Sangha. 
you know, it's it's hard for people to meet again or to uh, reunite or to work together again, you know, in, in the ways we have done uh, for, you know, the the betterment of mankind. So, you know, of course, I'm I'm very grateful, and I'm super grateful that Arnie and I have gone through so much together as a, a married couple. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, you know. Yeah, it's kind of astounding. Yep. Yeah, you've you've sailed various uh, uh, storms in the seas of life. Hey, um, uh, I'm going to have to call you back. Uh, I'm going to keep talking to you, uh, but All right. I, I got to well, go. Great having this time with you, David. Great. Enjoy whatever you're doing next with your Katrinka. Yeah. Well, we got to do a little shopping and and and. Uh, you know, it's um, it's it's noon. Anyway, I'm I'm going to call you back. So uh, I could call you when I get back from there, uh, or I could call you another day. I think another day would be good, David. Let's do that. Okay. So I'll 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 I'll, I'll give you a, a a couple of times. I'll, I'll email you. Okay. Yeah. Good, David. Thank you. Really wonderful being with you. Yeah, it is. It's interesting. It's it's good. I'm enjoying it. And say hi to Arnie, would you? I will. I will. Yeah, I was just remembering that I I I every now and then in Japan I'd send him like a postcard or a letter, and I'd I'd try uh-huh. to make it look like I, I'd gone completely crazy, <laughs> and it would just be like. And I was thinking I should write him something like that from here. It just. <laughs> maybe, maybe, oh, but not. I enjoyed. Don't I enjoyed, tell him I said that. Don't no, tell him I, I said enjoyed, that. I enjoyed the podcast you did with him. Your laughter was so absolutely contagious. <laughs> oh, and and you know some some of the people I've been practicing with, I I let them know about that podcast, and they too just so enjoyed it. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, I'll say aloha. Yeah, yeah, well, Sampai uh, Jumpa Lagi. I mean, Aloha. see you later. See you later. <laughs> Ahui ho. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. So thanks a lot, Therese. Uh, Therese Fitzgerald. Uh, really enjoyed talking with you, and um, we will enjoy talking with you again next week. Incidentally, you know, it sounded like uh, she was going to give me a couple of days to talk with her <laughs> that were near. That was four months ago. <laughs> and then we just, uh, uh, so right now it's um, October 4th, my son Kelly's birthday, and uh, Kaz Tanahashi's birthday. Kelly's 50, Kaz is 90. Um, and, um, uh, but so it was four months before, uh, I, I think as I recall that, that was, uh, that recording was made, but finally the date she came up with was, uh, this date, uh, uh, was, and, um, it was actually October 3rd where she lives in Hawaii. So, um, but, um, you'll get, uh, part two next week. So 
Thanks a lot, Therese. Uh, and until next week, this is DC, Poobah, Cuke Audio and Cuke Archives, coming to you from Sleepy Sonur with Doggy Bandita, Feline Cuchita, and dear lovely Katrinka. And we're wishing you and yours and all of us a grand awakening.